us this morning. Uh, if you are a visitor with us, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, if you're a first-time visitor, you can fill out a visitor's card there in the pew right in front of you. You just take it, fill it out, and then drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. Um, we would appreciate you doing that. Uh, before I get started with our announcements, I'd like to invite Dalton Smith to come up and share about an opportunity he has this summer. Hi, I'm Dalton Smith, and I'm going to TVR for the summer, Team Valley Ranch, to be a counselor, and I need y'all's prayers and support. Thank you. We're very excited for Dalton. Dalton um, had the opportunity to go with our youth um, on a ski trip this past January where they told him about an opportunity to be a counselor for this summer. Um, so he applied and he did get the position and we're so excited for him and for um, the opportunities that he will have this summer through Teen Valley Ranch. Um, so if you would like to talk with him about more ways that you can support him, please see him after church. Um, we are excited to announce the birth of Marley Elizabeth Patterson, born on May 3rd to Mallory and Matthew Patterson. Proud grandparents are David and Maureen Acock. Congratulations, you guys. I'd like to remind you to please sign up for the ladies' luncheon that will be this coming Saturday at noon if you have not done so. Um, the sign-up sheets are out in the atrium, and I'm sure they would love for you uh, to participate in that with them. Uh, we hope that you'll join us tonight for our Children and Youth Spring Program at 6.30. It'll be in here in the sanctuary, um, and we'll have a reception immediately following in the fellowship hall as well. Um, Sunday school teachers, you have been instructed to please pick up your literature in the fellowship hall. If you have not done so, please make sure to do that before you leave here today. Um, very important that you get that new literature. Um, we had a little bit of a mix-up, but we've got the right stuff for you, and it's in the fellowship hall. Also, please note that um, we have several opportunities uh, that are paired along with our 410 project. Um, you can get a t-shirt if you would like to. Um, you can go with us to the Salamanders game on Friday night of that week, um, but we need for you to sign up and turn in your money. So if you have signed up on the sign-up sheet out here um, on the bulletin board across from the office, uh, please make sure to get me your money ASAP. And if you have not signed up but you would still like to get a t-shirt or go with us to the Salamanders game, it is not too late to do that. Um, but please get that done as soon as possible. A few prayer concerns to share with you all this morning. We want to be praying for Emily Lanier Jones. She is at Moore Regional with pneumonia, um, so we want to be lifting her up in our prayers. Uh, Joe Schaub is having a procedure Wednesday and an aortic valve replaced on the 16th, so we want to be praying for him. And then Frank Griffin is having surgery on Tuesday, and John Rooker is also having surgery on Tuesday. And then Roger Worrell will be having testing tomorrow. So please just be lifting up all of these um, in your prayers in the coming days. Would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be in your house to worship you this morning. God, we just want to take time now to lift up those that we mentioned on our prayer concerns. God, we know that you know each need and that you can meet each need, God, and we're trusting you in that. 
God, I also want to lift up our baptismal candidates to you today. And God, we just pray for them. And we're so excited for this, this new start that they're having um, to their walk with you. God, we pray that we could be the church that they need and an encouragement to them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. gather in this place to worship. It is, for many of us, the most significant place in Deep River. It is a place where vows are exchanged and families are established. It is a place where babies are dedicated unto the Lord. It is a place where we gather faithfully to hear from God's word and to worship our Lord. It is a place where we honor those that have gone to be with the Lord. Baptists, we share two ordinances. One is the Lord's Supper. And the other is why we're here this morning. To celebrate baptism. Because Reese and Ryan have both made their professions of faith and shared that they want Christ to be the Lord of their life for the rest of their life. And they want to be obedient to God in every part of their life. And so the journey begins officially for them today. As we disturb these waters, it is a holy moment. It is a time when we remember. If you're here and you've been baptized, it is a time for you not only to remember, but to rededicate yourself to the commitment you made so long ago. And as we witness these two young men coming forth in their faith to follow our Lord and Savior in baptism, to participate with him in his death and in his burial and in his resurrection, it is indeed an opportunity for us to hear afresh the power of the resurrection. John the baptizer, the forerunner of Christ, was in the river Jordan baptizing a baptism of repentance when one day, and to his surprise, Jesus came. And when John saw him and recognized he was in the baptismal line, to be baptized. He said, no, Lord, I'm not worthy. 
I know how John feels. But Jesus said, suffer it to be so now. And Jesus went into the river Jordan and John baptized him. And the Bible says that when he came up out of the water, the heavens opened and a voice was heard and the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove and lighting upon Jesus' wet shoulder. And the words were heard, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen with your spirit ear, and you'll hear that voice twice in just a moment. Reese, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, and in obedience to his command, I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, and in obedience to his command, I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, when these waters are disturbed, the world becomes calm. We are so grateful for these two who have come this day in their faith to tell the world that they belong to you. Would you take this beginning of their journey and use them in a special way as they grow in their faith and in their wisdom and knowledge of who you are. And Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence, for this family's presence, for this church's presence in this holy moment. Thank you for descending upon us. And we heard you say, Beloved sons, in whom you're well pleased. Be with us now as we continue to worship you in Christ's holy name. powerful way to start a worship service. Hymn number 182, what a friend we have in Jesus. Let's stand as we sing.
Our dear, most gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks for all your many blessings. Dear Lord, we give thanks for the stirring of the waters this morning. We give thanks for the stirring of the hearts of the believers here today, dear Lord. We ask, dear Lord, that if there's anybody here this morning that does not know you personally, that their hearts might be open for you, dear Lord. Please accept and bless these tithes and these offerings to be used for thy will and service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs>
remain standing. Uh, this next song is In the Garden, and I want you to particularly pay attention to verse 2. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet, the birds hush their singing. Well, good morning. How is everybody? Yeah? Good, good. Y'all doing okay? Had a good week this week? Yes, I have. I have had a good week. Thank you. Thank you. I like your hat. That's very pretty. Yeah. My mommy got me three different color hats. Oh. And it's white, pink, and blue. 
right? A statue. Let me. A statue. I want to tell you guys. Did the lights go out? What? What? Oh my goodness. The lights went out. Except for one on the left-hand side. Oh, there it goes. Wow! Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. I think I know what we can do. Okay? Let's just wish the lights will come back on. Okay? We're going to wish really hard. Ready? One, two, three. Did you guys wish? You did? You didn't wish? Guys! I, well, yeah, okay, well, maybe we'll just wait a second and they'll just, they'll just come back on. We'll just wait. Oh yeah, there is still some on. That's okay though. Most of them are out. Well, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, Dalton, you can turn our lights back on for us, please. Thank you. So that was Mr. Dalton. He helped us out this morning. He turned the lights off for us. And to turn the lights, what? You knew he did it. You're smarter than that. Well, he turned the lights off for us this morning, and then he had to turn them back on. We couldn't just wish that they'd come back on or wait for them to come back on. That's not how it works. And so that's kind of what Pastor Gary is going to be talking about this morning, except he's going to be talking about getting to know God, okay? So getting to know God, we can't just... Can, can you wait just one second? Yeah, yeah okay, okay. Um, getting to know God, we can't just sit around and hope that we get to know God or wish that we knew God, we have to do something, right? Just like Dalton had to flip the light switch back on for the lights to come back on, right? So how do we get to know God? What do we do? What is something we can do to get to know God? What do you think? We can pray. Yeah, we can talk to God. What else? What about this right here? We can read the Bible so we can learn God's Word. And then what are we doing right here this morning? Where are we? In his house. We are at church, and we're learning about God, and we're worshiping God. Those are absolutely things that we can do to get to know God better, okay? Yeah, this is everybody's church. You have to share church. I'm so sorry. Okay, so that's what I want you guys to remember this week, okay, is that to get to know God, we actually have to do something. We have to talk to him or we have to read our Bible, okay? It's really important. All right, let's say a prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these children that are here this morning. God, I thank you that we can get to know you by reading your word and talking to you and spending time with your people, God. I pray you just help us to remember that this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
I'll be reading from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new promise to Israel and Judah. It will not be like the promise I made to their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of Egypt. They rejected that promise, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the promise that I will make to Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my teachings inside them. I will write those teachings on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will each person teach his neighbors or his relatives by saying, Know the Lord. All of them, from the least important to the most important, will know me, declares the Lord. Because I will forgive their wickedness and I will no longer hold their sins against them. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we have come into this place for you to enlighten us. We come with all kinds of darkness. the darkness of living in human bodies that are prone to illness and disease and injury, the darkness of a human mind that is prone to thinking thoughts we should not think. We come with darkness in our spirit where too often we listen more intently to the tempter. We come in the darkness of our minds that are so bombarded by noise that it's hard to hear you. That there are so many bright lights of this world that it's hard to see the true light. We come with all that and say we are the people who believe in the resurrection that proclaim you are still risen, that proclaim you are still our God, you are still our hope. You are still our all in all. And so, Lord, would you shine forth on us that we might shine on others. Your love and your light. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, choir. What a great question. Are we standing on the rock? As a pastor, you always hope you can help people to move beyond what they know they should say to living how we should live. If I were to ask, are we standing on the rock? You'd say amen. But deep inside, there might be a question about that. Might there? The title of this sermon is When the Light Comes On. We're still on Easter Sunday, by the way, in Luke's Gospel, the 24th chapter. Last week, we talked with two who walked to Emmaus and on a seven-mile trip, and then in the course of an evening, especially the breaking of the bread, the light came on. They made the journey all the way back to the disciples and shared with them, and their light flickered. You ever had the power out and had the lights flicker? You know, I don't know which is worse, for them to flicker and not come back home, or to come back home for a couple of minutes, just long enough for you to unplug the generator and everything, and then then to go back out. So here's my question for us tonight, today, this morning. That's scary, right, tonight? Anyway. Is the light on? in your life, in my life? Is it truthfully shining bright? You might say, well, Pastor, I've been coming to church for you fill in the how many years? But I want you to understand the disciples were walking with Jesus day and night for three years. And the light was flickering at best. In fact, when we read the text in just a moment in Luke's gospel, the 24th chapter, beginning with the 36th verse, we'll find that even though they're excited and they're joyful, they still don't believe. Jesus, the resurrected Lord, is standing in front of them. And they still got doubts. So I think we're okay if we're struggling a little bit, occasionally. But oh, today I want us to look at how we might get that light to become solid. That light to come on and stay on. That light in our spirit that we then might be able to do as Jesus told us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father who's in heaven. Because what the world needs in 2019 is the light of the world. There is darkness all around us. There is moral darkness. There's social darkness. 
There's the darkness of racism that seems to be rising up stronger than ever before. There's the darkness of the polarization of the leaders in our nation. There is darkness even in the light of the believers who at best, by all the statistics that I read, we're halfway committed on a good day. There's darkness. We need the light, the light of the world. If you're able, let me invite you to stand as we read Luke 24. We'll read verses 36 through 53. I'm going to cheat just a little bit, and I'm going to read verse 33 of our text from last week. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, the two men from Emmaus, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. And now our text. And as they were talking about these things, in a locked room, the other Gospels tell us, by the way, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled. I bet they were. And frightened. And thought they saw a spirit. They thought they saw a ghost. And he, Jesus, said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Why does the light keep flickering? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit, a ghost, does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelieved, did you read that word? While they were still disbelieved, while they still did not believe, for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and he ate it before them and he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Oh, I love that verse. Let's read that again. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things and behold I am sending the promise of my father upon you. And then he gives them a command but stay in the city in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. And then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Verse 52, and they worshiped him, 
and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most precious, his most holy word. Would you pray with me? For a moment, Lord, we open our hearts up and we acknowledge darkness. Maybe even now your Holy Spirit is illuminating that area that's most dark. Maybe there's someone here today dealing with an addiction. Maybe there's someone here today dealing with hard feelings. Maybe there's someone here today dealing with injustice. Maybe from someone they love dearly. Maybe there's someone here today whose family is in disorder. You know where the darkness is, O oh Lord. We pray you shine your light upon it and allow us to do more than just flicker. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This is a good ending to the Gospel of Luke. But we know that Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And if you go to the last chapter in the book of Acts, it has Paul at Rome, and it ends kind of weird. It ends kind of sudden. It's not as good an ending. Many think that maybe Luke was planning to write more. Some have called it the trilogy, and we never received. The Holy Spirit didn't want us to have it, or it never got written. Maybe he was planning to do more than that, but... The story kind of ends abruptly, but I want us simply to know that in this gospel, he's segueing in to where he's going to begin when he speaks to Theopolis and says, I want to give a decent and orderly account of what happened. He's about, in the next book, to birth the church, the story of the birth of the church. We know it as the day of Pentecost. We know that suddenly these faithful servants who have been flickering have become a solid light now. They understand. They are totally committed. Will they still have problems? Amen, they will. Oh, Lord, will they have problems. Will they make bad decisions? Yes. Will there be difficult days? They can't even imagine the difficult days that lie ahead of them. But what we will go forward with, in fact, the actual word in the book of Acts that I think replaces, it might be a better word than light, is bold. You want to have a good afternoon, read through the book of Acts, just go right down every time the word bold shows up in the book of Acts. And they boldly stood in the temple, and they boldly stood before the king, and they boldly shared their faith. The light was on. One way you want to know if the light's on is if you're sharing. If you're sharing the love of God with those who come before you. You see, we want the light to, to come on and to stay on. The disciples, they, I can chronicle for you, in the, especially in Matthew's gospel. If you go to Matthew 14, you know, the, the, the disciples are, have gone out on a boat and a storm has arisen. And Jesus comes walking on the water. And that didn't help them, not at first at least. That petrified them. <laughs> they thought another ghost had showed up. 
Jesus said, it's me. Peter asked, can I come out there with you? I still think a great sermon is stay in the boat, but that's for another day, okay? Peter didn't need to get out of that boat. It didn't work out well for him. He should have stayed in the boat, but that's, that's just another sermon, another day. But Jesus comes and gets in the boat with the disciples, and when he does, he quiets the storm. And in verse 33, it says, they began to worship him and say, truly, you are the Son of God. The light flickered. They saw it. Wow. People can't do what you just did. You must be who you say you were. But it didn't stay on. It just flickered. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? They said, some say you're one of the prophets, maybe Elijah, Isaiah. He says, but who do you say that I am? You remember what Peter said? In that great confession at Caesarea Philippi, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And the light flickered. Peter got it. But you know how long it stayed on? Two verses. (laughs) Because you read two verses down, and the next thing he says to Peter is, Get behind me, Satan. It flickers. I wonder if there'd be anybody here today who might say, You know, you're kind of describing my faith journey. I got flickers. Sometimes it gets real bright. But then it goes right back out. It has trouble staying on, that light. I'm so glad you came today. Because I want to show you in God's word what happened to these disciples who've been flickering all over the world, walking and talking daily with Jesus, how they became a solid beam, a solid light. The first thing you got to understand is if we want the light to come on in our life and stay on, we got to stay together. That's what it says in verse 33. Isn't it amazing that these men who've walked to Emmaus and they were planning to spend the night there, they've invited Jesus in and Jesus stayed with them. And and then he broke the bread and they recognized who he was and he disappeared. You remember what it says? They got up and they walked all the way back in the dark to Jerusalem. But you know why they went back to Jerusalem? Because they knew these folks were staying together. They knew the disciples were going to be together. They knew the disciples were in one place. They knew exactly where. They didn't go trying to round up disciples in the middle of the night. It says in verse 33, And they rose that same hour, and they returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together. They stayed together. Church, the world needs us. Amen. This world needs the church. This world needs the church. This world doesn't need the facade of a church. This world needs the church of Jesus Christ to stand in his power and in his light because the darkness is killing this world. We got to stay together. I need you. You need me. We're in this together. The Christian faith, it was intended to be shared. It never was a solo, it is always a choir. We need to be together. We're a team. And each team member is vitally important. Let me just list 15 ways very quickly 
We need each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to challenge each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to be examples. We need to be examples for each other. We need to worship with each other. We need to listen to each other. We need to share with each other. We need to mourn with each other. We need to celebrate with each other. Congratulations, David and Maureen. We need to minister to each other. We need to minister with each other to those outside the flock. We need to study God's word together. We need to break bread together. We need to serve together. We need each other. We need to be together. What a wonderful image in this moment when the light was about to come on and stay on that they were together. Oh, I want you just to imagine what the church would look like if everyone was as faithful as you. And I'm going to imagine what it would be like if everyone was just as faithful as me. I see some areas where it could be better. How about you? We need each other. We need to stay together. Secondly, not only do we need to stay together, but we need to stay in the Word. Luke 24, 25, uh, 45, he tells us that he began with the law of Moses. And I told you last week, that's the Pentateuch. That's the Torah. That's the first five books of the Bible. Jesus starts at the very beginning. And he goes all the way through the prophets and through the hymn book of Israel, through the Psalms. And he shows them how he was the one. You know what Jesus said on the cross? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know how Psalms 22 begins? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Even from the cross, the hymns were on Christ's mind. If you look over at verse 27 from our text last week, it says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the scriptures and the things concerning himself. If we want the light to stay on, we've got to stay in God's word. You just missed a wonderful opportunity to say amen right there, folks. I'm going to say it again. If we want the light to stay on, we've got to stay in God's word. We've got to stay in God's See this position? This ain't in God's word. This is toting a book, okay? I got 25 of these. I bet you got more than one. Owning it doesn't matter. How many of you got the Bible? On, don't raise your hand. How many of you got the Bible on your phone? A smartphone. I told you not to raise your hand. A smartphone doesn't make you smart about God's Word if you're not reading it or listening to it. What does he tell us? What is he trying to impress upon us? Listen, this is the greatest book that's ever been written. You just missed another good opportunity to say amen. This is the greatest book that's ever been written. This is the 
book of life. This is the book that will show you what you desperately need and want to see. This is the book. But you've got to get in it. We've got to get in it. We ought to have Bible study here seven days a week. Because we need to be in God's Word. Let me share with you 20 ways God's Word changes us. I know you're scared now, right? 20 words, just words. But would you listen? And anyone, I tell you what to do. If any of them are wrong, just mark it down and see me after church and tell me which ones are wrong, would you? And then if they're all right, if all 20 of these are right, would you make a commitment today to allow the light of God to shine in your life, to make a commitment to be in God's Word in a new way, in a more thorough way, to be finding ways to share God's Word with other people? Here we go. God's Word amazes us with its power. It teaches us the right way to live and to love. The right way to live and to love. You know there are wrong ways to live and there are wrong ways to love. It challenges us to overcome the areas of weakness in our life. It condemns us when we're wrong and we're sinful. It encourages us when we're discouraged and feel like giving up. It gives us hope when life appears to be hopeless. It instructs us in relationships. It strengthens us when we're weak physically, spiritually, emotionally, or psychologically. It shows us the way back when we go astray. It teaches us how to be forgiven and how to forgive. It tells us about heaven and its glory. And it warns us about hell and its misery. It shows us the way to eternity and to live forever with God. It offers wisdom for daily living. It shows us the answers to life's most pressing questions. It teaches us of worship and offers us life's fulfillment. It introduces us to Jesus Christ. It shows us the example of Christ and invites us and teaches us how to follow it. It reminds us to share our faith with others and to read it daily. And finally, it is God's personal word to us every time we open it up and read it through faith. The writer of Hebrews says, don't neglect so great a salvation. I say, let's don't neglect the word of God if we want the light of God to shine in our hearts and in our lives. Because it is in his word. That's what Jesus did, and the light came on. The light got bright. The final word this morning on how to keep the light on is found in verse 49. Jesus simply told the disciples, you stay in the city. He didn't ask them to. He didn't suggest they do. He told them, you stay in the city. You stay in the city. In verse 49, he says, wait, I want you to go there, and I want you to go back to that upper room. There's been a lot of debate about that upper room. Is that an upper room in Mary and Martha's? Was that the upper room where Jesus had the, the, the Lord's Supper and, and the final uh, embarking off into the Passion? 
But Jesus told them to go to that place, probably where they were right then when he appeared to them. You see, what you and I must decide every day is who we're going to listen to, isn't it? Isn't that what we have to decide? We rise, I mean, tomorrow morning when you rise up on May the 6th, and it'll be a brand spanking new day, and it'll be so full of opportunity to love the Lord your God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, or it'll be an opportunity for Gary to do what Gary does for me. It'll be an opportunity for me to go back to the way last Monday was. Or just get back into that, we sometimes call it a rut. You ever, anybody here in a rut? To get back to that old way of doing what we always do. And say, Lord, flicker a little longer. Just flicker a little longer. Maybe, maybe stay on a minute or two longer. Why is it so significant? They told him to stay in the room. Well, most of you probably already know. How long was Jesus on the earth before the ascension? Forty days, right? Amen, right? Y'all all knew that, right? He was on the earth 40 days. When did the church begin? On the day of Pentecost. Do you know what the day of Pentecost means? It means 50. And it was 50 days from the high Sabbath of Passover to Pentecost, the second Jewish holiday. 50 days. All right, we got to do math. I'll need some help. 50 minus 40 is usually 10. Amen. Y'all missed another opportunity <laughs> to say amen. It's 10. 10 days. 10 days. 10 days. I want you to, I want you to understand how long 10 days is. Because the, according to Luke now, this is all, this is all on Easter Sunday. Okay. This is the day of the resurrection. What do you think it must have been like that first Thursday when they didn't see Jesus at all? And then the Friday. And then the Saturday. Day three, no Jesus. Did he tell us to stay in the upper room? And wait? What, what were we waiting for? What, what were we hoping was... What was that all about? Now when he said wait, did he really mean stay here and wait? Or, or did he just mean stay around here and wait? You, you know, maybe, maybe not right here. And, and by the way, I, I've got some business out of town. You reckon it'd be all right if I just, you know, slip out for a little while? By day five, I can't imagine the conversation going on in that upper room, can you? You seen Jesus? I ain't seen Jesus. Where's Jesus? He's gone. What did he say? Wait. He said, what, wait, here? Why? What are we waiting for? He said, pray. I've been praying. Pray some more. Pray for what? He said, the Spirit's going to fall on us. Oh. I can't imagine. And then I got to thinking as I was working on this sermon. What in the world was the devil saying? 
in these 10 days. I told you he was going away. He's gone. You thought you saw the resurrected Lord, but, but hey, you hadn't seen him in three days, four days, five days. Come on now. Where is he? He's gone. It's been too long. I think you misunderstood what he said. What do you really think is going to happen? Day five, and then day six, and then day seven, and then day eight. The Bible says they would leave the upper room and go to the temple and worship. Then they'd come back to the upper room and they would pray. And they were in this mode and they were being challenged by the devil just like you and I will be challenged this week. You know what the devil wants to do more than anything else is get the light to flickering in our life. If he can get the light flickering in our life, he robs us of our power and our illumination and others. Every time they look at us, it'll be when the light was out. He needs the light on and he needs it to stay on. Moms and dads, your children, they need the light to stay on, not flicker. Young people, when you go to school, they need to see the light on all the time, not just a flicker every now and then. I'm going to say something that makes so much sense. It hardly even needs to be said, but let me say it anyway. If we don't do what God says to do, it will adversely affect our relationship with God. If we don't do what God God said, stay in these words, stay up there and pray. I got stuff to do. Stay faithful. Stay committed. Stay remembering the law of Moses and the Psalms and the prophets, and how that's all about me. Remember what I taught you. Remember how I lived. Remember how I walked with you and showed you. Remember the cross, and remember the empty tomb. And remember, I've told you, the angel told you in Acts chapter 1, just as you saw him go, one day you'll see him come again. Remember. 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 Michael McCartney in 2011 shared this story. It was a story about a family that tragically lost three of their four children within two weeks to a deadly disease. They had one child left, a four-year-old baby boy. The family had buried the third child just two weeks before Easter. On Easter morning, the parents and the remaining child, they went to church. The mother taught her Sunday school class about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the father shared an Easter story as he led the opening assembly during the Sunday school. People who knew about their great loss wondered how they could do it. One family of the church were in their car and they were on their way home when their 16-year-old son asked his father, Dad, that couple must believe everything about the Easter story, don't they? 
Of course they believe it, said the father. All Christians do. But the young man said, but not like they do. But not like they do. How do we believe the Easter story? It makes all the difference in the light that shines from us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, help us to stay together as believers. We need each other. Help us to stay in your word, oh God. And help us to be obedient, to do what you tell us to do. And then folks will look at us and say, they really believe that Easter story. You know the need of every heart. You know the area of darkness in every life. And you know every decision that should it be made today. And we say, get behind me, Satan. And we decide we're going to step out in faith in our walk with you. What you will and can do with that moment. Hear us as we offer ourselves to you. In the holy name of Christ we pray. Amen. If you look in your bulletin, there's an insert there. I would invite you to get that. That is our hymn of decision. The altar is open. If anyone needs to come, if you're tired of a flickering light, if today you're willing to step out in faith and make a commitment that might change that flicker into a solid beam, then do as God leads as we stand together and sing.
worship, and I know you'll want to come and hear the programs that our children and youth have been working on, and God will speak through that process, words we need to hear. Come and join us this evening. Immediately following, if you've got a, a strong back, I won't talk about a weak mind, but if you've got a strong back and could help us move the pulpit furniture, that would be greatly appreciated. There are many in our church family that have physical needs. I know you're faithful to pray because I hear how you've been there. Continue to do so. And now as we leave this place, Oh, thank you. Fed. I got carried away. Ryan, Reese, front and center. <laughs> Part of our presentation is to have our deacon to present the baptismal certificates to our freshly baptized believers. Amen. Very good. Thank you, guys. You can go right back. Thank you, Fed. And now, as we leave this place, May we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might be his people in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, my prayer is let our light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.